0: Somebody who we know was having a conversation with me a couple of weeks back, and they're like, yeah, basically, this person was saying, listen, I know what kind of person Marshall is. And I always love when people say that, because I'm like, well, please tell me what kind of person Marshall is. And this person said, well, I listen to your podcast, and no offense, but basically all you guys do is just tear people down. And I just... I I don't think we do that anymore. I, I didn't react, but I was thinking what do you listen to? Because I, I, I was thinking, do we do that? Like, I would not lie about it if I felt like, yeah, that's that's the, the name of the game. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what we do. No. It, if
1: if anything, we don't do it enough. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I bite al- my tongue a lot. That's, that's
0: almost like um, spurring me on to want to start to tear some people down. I was even thinking, I was like, I guess in the early days, you could say we were kind of raging against liberals a little bit, maybe a little heavy handed with that, but other than that, I feel like we're we're just observationists. Yeah, we're just opinion givers that yeah. with opinions that clearly matter. Clearly. I mean our our following is growing from like four to like six.
1: Yeah. Well it's yeah,
0: sure. Um
1: we're international, man. Just want you to know that. So <laughs> I love your spin on things. You you know how I how much I was when I was in Greece, I was like Talking to one of the bartenders there just had a really good connection with me and um, girl or guy? It's definitely a guy. Oh, um, okay. I mean, I just want to make that clarification. So you didn't think I was like flirting? But I was with my whole family. Okay, and <laughs> well, you
0: could flirt with a guy too. You're hey, that, you're you're
1: in you're in Greece. That is, that is true. When in Greece, hundred percent. That's that's one hundred percent true. I know we were. It, we were at this one hotel for a couple nights and the bartender just really liked us and we were hanging out and then my kids later were like, oh my gosh, that bartender, like he gave us so much, so many tips and and then he just like loved hanging out and my wife was like, yeah, that's what happens when people just like to talk to Marshall. Like it's just, they like to talk to your dad and um, anyway, we were talking with him and we're, mind you, in Greece, like it's halfway across the world, right? And then we're on an island called Paros, right? Just out in the middle of what I would like to call nowhere,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this bartender is talking to me about guess what,
0: hmm.
1: American politics. Really, American politics. Yes, huh? And I think he was kind of gently asking uh, about my opinions on Biden, and I let him know that I just don't like him and think he's a, like a terrible. And so, like, what was this guy's opinion? Was he? Oh, like- he was. He was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Oh, okay. And then. Uh, I, I let him know that, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty avid Trump supporter. I don't know where this guy stands. And then he high-fived me. Oh. And I was thinking. In what? response to that? Yeah. Oh, and, okay. And so then, so then it opened up this giant dialogue about politics and, and I was tempted. The reason I bring this up is because I was tempted to be like, here's my podcast, you know? And then, mm. you know why I didn't give it to him? Mm. I was like, I don't know if I talk enough about politics to give you
0: this. <laughs> to make this worth it? Yeah. Yeah. You know it's funny and we've said this before that in the beginning early days of the podcast well not the early, early early days we'll just forget that ever happened but the early Please. like first 6 months maybe even a year we focused almost exclusively on politics and then I think we had an actual semi meeting where we're like let's try to not make it about politics all the time It
1: was an official tog meeting where in the, all in a board all room. the board of directors came together <laughs> and we and, and we, we
0: brainstormed we did yeah, and, well, and I remember just saying like we should probably tone that back and I feel like we did a good job at that. We accomplished our goal. But now there's been like a year with very little politics. I'm kind of bored. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it back into it. Well, it's it's funny cuz you know, as
1: usual I don't like to tell you the topic and not that I always have to come up with it, but I do. Yeah, and, that's yeah.
0: That's a that's a martial move. Yeah, well, uh, what part is my move? He's, myth? he's got, um, he just does little power trip things in his mind that he, th- he's like, gotcha. I know he says that a lot. He's like, in his mind, he's like, gotcha. I, cause, cause I come up with a
1: topic or because yeah. I, I think that I am well, in Well, yes. Charge, that would, or... that would be
0: the move. It would be like, uh, I always come up with a topic.
1: Yeah. And well, then,
0: and then now it's your thing where it you're like, I, I deliver the topic. Yeah.
1: Well, I feel like <laughs> I made it my thing. You're right. So because of my recent trip that I took and some of the inner workings that happened there, I was like, I want to talk, I do want to talk about politics a little bit, and uh, not just because I feel like we haven't, but because I'm it just, it, it always amazes me when you go to a foreign country and they care so much about our politics here they, and, yeah. and our country. And, I, and mainly, though, I wanted to talk about, and we can go wherever you want, but I wanted to talk about the gasoline crisis that i feel like is a real thing that's happening mm-hmm. because i left and came back and it's six thirty a gallon
0: mm-hmm. here uh for premium mm-hmm. I, okay well if you want regular whatever but i that's that's ridiculous okay. which which i i will uh just jump ahead and say i recently pers- purchased a tesla Ooh. so i have not paid much attention 1%-er. so this is this is news to me but i i will say that um, are you serious yeah, no. I mean, it's it's not like, in I mean, met- is
1: it seriously news to you that it's over... I mean, like, I, I saw it on the big pilot sign. It,
0: no, like, it, other it, people have, have made mention. And I was like, is that I, for real? Like, it's really... Like, ex- I'm not saying they have to make mention. You're driving on the freeway and you see a giant sign that says, you know, guessing. $6 a
1: gallon. I mean, it's, it's
0: bright like I don't... On- I, I'm not even kidding you. I don't pay attention because I'm usually either in a work car or I'm driving a Tesla yeah, and...
1: But it's like paying attention to... You economy. know I don't though.
0: But it's paying attention to the economy. Yes, and I know you do. No, but I don't. Like I don't you
1: do though. There's
0: a lot of things that you make mention that you're like, how do you not notice? I go, I don't know, I just don't notice. But I'm... you're a person who likes
1: to pay attention to the economy. That's a part
0: but it's like feel a like... crucial part of the economy. But I feel like here's the thing. It's just like when Biden got into office and I quit caring about politics, it's because I'm like, it's not gonna get any better, right? So the gas thing, Ugh. I'm like, okay, it got bad. That you was take weird approaches to things. And then I it got a little bit that. better, and they the funny part was their big narrative that they're like gasoline has not dropped this quickly and right yeah forever. they said
1: that it dropped by like 15 cents for a month and, and then they it were just, shot up by 50 cents and they so. kept
0: saying the same thing just a twelfth straight month of drops in the, and and I, I like it because the uh what's the guy's name in the the press conferences peter ducci? no jim acosta no 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 the guy who's like a fox news guy who presses uh yeah, i'm pretty sure i got that right but no you got it way wrong oh Pe- i did get it wrong You're peter right. ducci is that it something i don't know we're something. close something he, douchey, did you but, say I swear it's like douchey or douchey. D- it's
1: probably not douche. I mean, it could be a douchey name, but it, it I, I just don't remember the last, last I
0: paid attention was when he was like, okay, but like, why are you guys taking so much credit? And you're, you're almost proud that the gas prices are still high. And she right? goes, she's like, well, I'm not, we're not, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we're incredibly proud of the effort that's, this is the, you know, the X amount straight month of drops. And he's like, right, but it's still over 450 gallon. That's when I quit care and go, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to, Get on their soapbox because they dropped it fifteen cents from freaking... I, I don't
1: know what quit caring means. Uh, you mean like not paying attention or quit
0: having any hope that things would change?
1: Yeah. Well, and that's so it's like, unfortunate. if you, you know,
0: you're like, you're not a good optimist. If you know you can't change the outcome, then why do you want to waste your time caring? Well, you know, that's, you've seen me at this way at work too. You right? do because you
1: so much. In so many situations, give up on thinking you can make a difference. It's like the it's like that Simpsons episode a long time ago, or any Simpsons episode, probably. But the one where Homer's like, "Ah, my vote doesn't matter. Not one vote's not going to make a difference." And then the election comes out. It's like one by one vote. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. see, I mean, I know that's like absolutely ridiculous. But if everybody gets on the train that you're on, mm-hmm. then yeah, it will end up not mattering. But if other people can get on my train, then maybe we get a momentum going, okay?
0: Yeah. A movement.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But I'm not going to – I'm just going to ha- follow in d- my I do recognize this, that I, I put a lot mentality. of effort
0: into things that I think that I can make a difference in. And if I don't think I can, I put zero effort. I can disengage almost immediately. Yeah. And that is a drawback of mine. But here's the thing. Good, I'm
1: glad you recognize this a drawback. I do.
0: But I look at people like you who put – seemingly endless amounts of effort into changing people's minds. And I'm going, mm-hmm. they're never literally you're never going to change your mind, man. You are literally wasting your time. And most of the time I find that to be true that you're not changing anybody's mind.
1: Well, maybe And
0: then I go, don't you just hate wasting all the energy and time? I would tend to disagree with you. There. I feel like you find a charge elsewhere. Whereas I go, what a drain on my energy. You go, I see you, Yes, that would be a drain if that's all there was. But you get charged up by people like, A, thinking you're an idiot. B, is this guy serious? (laughs) Like, wow, I can't believe you said that. Like, you get a charge from those moments in those conversations. And that keeps you going. I don't get that, though. It's an interesting
1: assessment. I think that people's minds can get changed, but maybe not the person I'm talking to. Right? So you're going, oh, the person that you're arguing with and debating with, their mind's never going to be changed. But there's other people that are listening. And their minds might have been like, oh, that was interesting. That was a good point. And man, the guy, that guy really sounded like an idiot in with his argument, you know? No,
0: I will say this, though. And I know this sounds like a very weird Aaron move to like drop back to some sort of boring historical documentary. Mm-hmm. Okay. But watching as much on the Revolutionary War as I have, there's multiple I times. I don't know how I
1: didn't know this was going back that far. I should have known.
0: There's been multiple times where I listened to some of the things that George Washington had to go through and how demoralized his men were how many of them wanted to defect from the army they were uh deserting they didn't they were unhappy they weren't getting paid and he had to stand in the pocket for not months but years and keep the morale up and keep convincing them like we can make a difference we can make a difference and then look what happened right and if you didn't have a guy who was so strong-willed like george washington mm-hmm. then things like this wouldn't happen so there you go counter Good job.
1: Uh, on a On a weird little side note, um, I was in a taxi ride of some sort in on one of the islands in Greece, and the, and the guy goes, um, he was asking about, we were talking about my kids, and he's like, yeah, I have a kid, same age as Eli, about to finish high school. And he goes, yeah, so he's going to the military next year. And I said, oh, okay. And then, I don't know, just the way he was talking, I said, I'm sorry, is he like, have to go to the military? And he's like, oh, yeah, you have to serve 15 months in the military. Once you graduate from high school, it's, like, mandatory. Huh. And, and then you can go do whatever. Which, 15 months is a weird... Like, I don't even know why they work on... I mean, I guess they do metric system and all that other stuff, so... Still strange. Right. That's probably why they do 15 months, which is a year and three months. It, yeah. Right? That's what, what a weird... Anyway. Uh, so, he goes, yeah, in your country, you, you, like, pick, right? If you want to. And I said, yeah, we... I mean, you... It's, it's vo- completely voluntary and you pick which branch of the military you want to be in. He goes, yeah, that's why you have an elite military. I was like, Oh, mm. that's, that's your perspective on our military. Mm. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, that is. I've heard that actually before that people are like, it's a volunteer army, which is what makes it so potent. Whereas it. If it's like conscripted, then people are like do more But you Which know what? I, I guess makes sense, but I mean I go, Oh, well they only have what eleven million people,
1: so I mean they wouldn't have much of a military if they didn't. And I was like, I kinda like their way of doing it, but you would kind of you would kind of, you know, do it halfway. I mean you wouldn't you yeah. wouldn't put your best effort in if no. you didn't want to do it. You'd be like, it's well like crap, a, I have to do this. It's so. like
0: capitalism and socialism. It's like one of the things that I think I don't know who said it, but basically they said America is the only place that has learned how to harness people's free will. Right. Mm, And that's capitalism. And I think socialism is the opposite of that, where you're like, you're forcing them to do things and you'll get some production out of them, but it won't be like if they did it under their own, you know, free will. So I can see that. But there has been times where I've thought it would be nice to conscript people to the military because I don't know, sometimes you just think it'd be good for them. Like maybe not good for the nation, but good for them.
1: You would, would you make it a
0: requirement if it was up to you? Probably not, still, because of that reason that I think the quality goes down when you start forcing people to. What if do it. you couldn't? W- I feel like there
1: there could be a way, and maybe this already exists. Actually, I think it kind of does. But like, if you couldn't pay your uh, student loans, wouldn't uh-huh. you couldn't just go to the military and get them
0: paid for? Yeah, it? I think that's one of the big reasons that my sister went, and she's still milking that because she got her undergrad degree paid for, it, and then now she like. I don't know. But can you do it
1: the opposite? Can you go to school and then go to the military and get it paid for? Or do you have to go to the military and then go to
0: school? Yeah, I think because I think you have to have served and been honorably discharged to qualify for the benefit.
1: So why don't they why don't they open it up the other way and say, hey, if you want your school paid for, join the military now and we'll pay off your loans. That's true. Or or say sign up for eight years, your
0: first four years is college. Right?
1: Yeah. I'm just saying, but if these kids realize they made a giant mistake, Mm-hmm. After the four years, or maybe they're in their, their, their. If four years were done and they're two years in the workforce, going, oh crap, I have a lot to pay off. Then join the military. Yeah.
0: Hey, did you ever think about going to the military?
1: Yeah. Oh, I was full fledged, ready to go. Oh, really? Yeah. When you were like late teenager. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I had a uh, giant aspirations of being a Navy SEAL. You know, as many wow. kids do, I'm sure. And 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 you just didn't go at all, or
0: you did well.
1: You know, I realized Navy SEAL was probably not in the cards for me, um, cause it's, it's pretty, it's pretty hard, um, if you don't know that. Yeah. I mean, I've from, heard just, just from hearing movies, so but hear. actually speaking, who really knows though? Speaking to a few Navy SEALs when I'm like, can, can I tell you a funny Navy SEAL story or like a good one sure. that makes me go, no, nah, I would, I would have failed immediately. So, uh, I was speaking to one of the guys he I was at a conference and he was one of the guys on seal team six mm-hmm. and uh and so he was speaking at the conference afterwards we got to do a he did like a book signing and so we got to have a special meeting with him if you were in this vip club that I happen to be a part of so he's like I was um I was with one of my other guys and he had to do a training where you have to tie a knot underwater mm-hmm. and it's this really complicated knot and he couldn't get it in the time allotted. And so he kept going down and they said, okay, like this is your last try to tie this knot. And, and if you don't get it, you're basically out. You're out mm-hmm. of the program and you know, you're not the best of the best. So he goes down, the guy's trying it and, and he can't get it into the point where he swallows water and drowns. Mm-hmm. They pull him up out of the water, give him CPR, get him back to life. And his first thing is, did I get the knot? And they go, no, you didn't get the knot. He's like, oh man, I'm out of the Navy SEALs. And they go, no. No, no, no! You're not out of the Navy SEALs. We wanted you to be willing to push yourself to death mm. to get this, and that was the point of the exercise. Yeah, and you go, oh, okay, no, I'm not. Yeah, doing, see, that's I'm not doing that. that's
0: where I'm at. It's like, have you ever been so cold or so hungry or so thirsty that you're like, I'll give up immediately just to get what I want? Right? Mm-hmm. I've been there before, where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm tapping out, and that's all that whole training is. And I know that I know there's like various phases, but I similarly, I heard a story as a book that I read actually. And a, a guy named David Goggins and he cycled through buds like quite a few times. And he kept getting to the point where he would kind of quit like for medical reasons. They go, Hey man, you have this medical thing. You can, you, I could sign you out of here if you want. And he would take the easier road and go, yeah, doc, just kick me out so it doesn't look like I quit. And then the last time he was like, no, I really want to finish. He cycled back through, he was doing all the running, all the swimming, all the knots, underwater dive phase, all that. And he, was like, man, my legs really hurt. And he went in and he found out he had fractured like shins or whatever. And so he didn't tell anybody. He taped his legs with duct tape and he finished out the entire process with duct taped, broken legs. That's where I was like, yeah, not, not into that.
1: But doesn't that make, give you a lot of encouragement to go, That's our military. Yeah. And then I go, awesome. And then when I hear crap about, oh, you know, we we need them to not stop calling people gay and, you know, stop insulting them and yelling. I'm going, no, they can do whatever they want to make these guys tough because those guys want to be, they signed up for that. Okay. They didn't sign up to go, hey, be gentle on me. They signed up to be the best of the best. Yeah. And I feel really good about them protecting our country totally
0: yeah it was that's how i felt i was like well i don't have to be a part of every club and i'm not a part of that club so that's that's enough well i i let me just ask though real quick because you keep mentioning subtly that you were in greece and i never even talked to you fully about your greece trip how long were you there when did you go and how long were you there
1: oh um i was there about 10 or 11 days 10 or 11 days i mean it's hard to judge because you go like forward in time then you go back in time Uh by 10 hours so you you like gain a day, lose you lose a day when you go there, and then you like gain another day. So your your traveling time is probably it's probably like eleven days of traveling, but maybe ten days there of, of living. Well, you know, because I I put my mom was like, hey, can you please? I don't know who you send pictures to, but can I get on that thread? I know you send pictures to your friends. Can I can I get on that thread? And I got mom, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't send. I, it's not like I, I don't really do that um Mm -hmm. but i i put them on instagram like i'll put them on instagram i'll make a i tell you what i'll make a video and and i'll put it on instagram and you'll be able to see my updates and so i did a little video tiktok Mm -hmm. instagram reel or whatever yeah you said i'll follow you up in a journal and so i I did day one day two you know i kind of so i I mentally kept track that way and then it was like day nine and that was my last post and then i was like but i'm I'm still here and, and traveling but it wasn't a day that stuff was happening. Things, yeah. So I
0: think it was 10 days, you know, so family trip, right?
1: Yeah. My whole family, my, uh, do you uh, normally do that? I know you've never, been quite a few. Okay. Never, so you've done, never done, that. done that.
0: Was that fun or worth it? Or was so, it a lot?
1: Uh, <laughs> all of the above. All, so all the above I, a lot. we, you know, my wife and I, we've traveled a lot and to a lot of different places, a lot of different countries. We love traveling. We like, uh, and especially my wife does. And my kids are like, Hey, when are you ever going to take us? When are you ever going to take us? And, this trip kind of worked out from the cancellation of something else that happened in 2020. I had a credit, and we're like, fine, we'll take our kids. Eli's a senior this year, so it was kind of something we wanted to take him on. So we spent the time to get him passports, and yes, it was the, taking our three kids was interesting, and and we wanted it to be enriching of some sort. So we said, hey, let's go to a, a place that is either something that will be either poverty-stricken or or biblical meaning to it, something that has... Some more sort of enrichment, not just, oh, that's a cool country, let's go there. Like, Australia is a cool country, but it doesn't, it's not, poverty doesn't have any yeah. um any, any historical background, or, or a biblical background. So, I, I wanted something with that. And at the time, we were looking at the place that was the most open with COVID and all that, and Greece was one of the most open. We we wanted Italy, but they were a little bit more locked down at the time. And, and Greece was on there, and there's a lot of Paul's journeys and stuff in there. So, we kind of read about that as we did it. And it was a really good experience, because... Um, you know, Greece, I don't, I'm not super familiar with it, but you get familiar with the place you're going pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Greek just, I thought that was kind of a dead language. I know it's not, but in your head you kind of go, yeah, but the lettering and all that, Mm -hmm. that's ancient, but Mm -hmm. it's still used. Mm -hmm. And so when you see Greek lettering, you're like, oh, that's a, that's a real thing. You guys, oh, you, you do still do this. Still do that here. That's, that's kind of weird. Huh. And, and and then, um, there's, it's made up of so many islands, you know, uh, it's a ton of little islands in the Aegean Sea, And so you, we went to a couple of them um, and Greece, I don't know if you ever looked at a map of third world countries, first world countries and second world countries. Mm-mm. No, you, you never done that? Cause I am sure I have, but I don't, it, it's kind of fun. Cause you go, Oh, what's a first world country? What's a second world country that nobody ever really thinks about. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what's a third world country? Like China is a second world country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Africa, uh, Africa is not a country, but most of the countries in Africa are third world same with South America, but first, first worlds like America, most of Europe, Japan increased as first world. Right. Mm. So I'm like, okay, they're really well developed. Um, but you go to these islands and you're like, I'm in a third world country. That's what it felt like. <laughs> huh. And, and it's just because they're on these islands that don't have a lot of infrastructure and you have, uh, toilets that you got to throw your toilet paper in the garbage cause they don't have the, the, the septic system that can handle that. You, Interesting. Uh, I mean, credit cards work maybe sometimes. American Express never works there. I found that out. Uh, they want cash for. I, I'm going to rent a car with it, it, with cash. Hmm. I mean, I don't. I don't think you can do that here. Yeah, I was going to say that. I don't think I don't think that would be accepted. They didn't even take a copy of my driver's
0: license. Although I will say there are places in America where they are starting to push heavily towards cash. Like Lynn, my wife, said mm. that there's a lot of places in New Jersey that Could she's like... Give you a discount if you pay cash? Or they just they don't even accept anything else. They're just like cash only. And I'm starting to see that actually in um, Oregon a little that,
1: bit. That was a lot. This is what they would tell me. This is really funny. So I'm, every time I was buying something, I go, well, here's my card. And they go, uh, the card machine doesn't work. Uh. And I go, okay. Well... And then they're like, really, it's got to be cash. So, you'd pay cash. And then the next person would go up and they're like, well, that's all I have. And they go, okay. And then magically yeah. it works. And you're like,
0: wait a minute. That's what the heck? funny, dude. I was just at Day Night Donuts when Lynn was in New Jersey actually a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the one out south on commercial. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. near South High School.
1: Uh, it's not. Is it still called Day Night Donuts? Yeah.
0: It's still called. It used to be Duncan. Yeah, way back in the and day. And then it got switched. Yeah.
1: It still has the same font as Duncan.
0: And so, like, <laughs> same colors. I, dry, I know it does. Same everything. <laughs> and then, and so I get there, and like, Matthew, my son, he's re- starting to recognize where he's at. And he's like, donuts. Like, he's super excited. I unload him. I pack him in there. We stand in line. Then we get up, and I see that it says, oh, cash preferred. And I'm like, okay, not going to pay cash because I don't have cash, right? I didn't plan for this. Yeah. Well, the person right ahead of me... We're living in
1: the future where I can Apple Pay. Yeah, I was like... I can just blink my eyes and it should pay for it. I was
0: literally like, I'm just going to point my phone at you and hope you would accept that. Mm -hmm. But the guy ahead of me... So I was like, all right, no big deal. I'll just pay with my card. Like They'll accept it. And the guy ahead of me, same thing, is what you said in Greece. He goes, sorry, I don't have any cash. And they're like, are you sure? You don't have anything? And he's like, no. And it was like kind of awkward. So then I felt uncomfortable. I'm Mm -hmm. like... I have no choice. I'm paying with a card. And so I was like, really sorry. I just have a card. And the lady was like, ah, it's fine. And she really gave me like an attitude. And I was like, dang, what is going on here? Like, are they like, the? but I mean, if you were just a regular employee, would you care about that? No, they, I think they're the
1: owners. You think they're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was saying. Owner thinking. operators. I could just well, tell. Well, there were quite a few times when... I would go to pay for card and they were just like, well, I can give you a discount if you pay cash. And I was like, well, what kind of discount? Mm-hmm. And it would, I, I mean, I remember I was buying something was $130 and like, well, it would be a hundred dollars. Even and I go hundred. I save $30. Yeah, dang. That's a okay. Lot. Yeah, sure. Here's the cash. Huh? Yeah. And, and I had, I mean, anytime you go to a, a foreign country, you probably should get cash um, yeah. exchanged in which I, so I did, I had quite a bit um, that I exchanged with the anticipation. Like, I don't know if my cards will work. I don't know what kind of country this is. So I just anticipate that because mm-hmm. a couple countries I've been to, uh, they just don't. And a few places I went to this time, they're like, yeah, that, that card didn't work. And you're like, that's weird. And all of a sudden you start feeling self-conscious, but after a little while you're just like, no, this is on you guys. Yeah. And I went to one place and I was talking to the guy about it, and he's like, uh, "We're like, we're like twenty years behind. Greece is like twenty years behind when it comes to technology and cars." He goes, "By the time, you know, give us twenty years and we'll be up to speed on all this. Hmm. Um, you know, other form pay, form of payments, and they they give you a receipt for everything too. That's how you know they're behind. Like, you need to sign this receipt." I'm like, "Dude, stop giving me receipts!" Right. And it's not just one; it's like two receipts every single time. Like, what am I supposed to do with these?
0: Like, I don't, See I don't that 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 is, that is interesting. That's that's good stuff to know for like when you go there. Like I'm glad you've been to a lot of places because I know that if I go to these places, I'm going to connect with you and be like, hey man, what do I need to bring? What do I need to do? Where do I need to go see? I I am curious. Uh, well, I am curious how much the entire trip costs. Which you don't have to divulge that to me, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you at some point. <laughs> okay. Because I want to know. Like, well, I, I just know that it's a family of five. So I know that's why to- I'm so curious. I'm like, dang, either he had like an amazing deal and it really wasn't that much more expensive or it was just like "Ah, heck with it we're just gonna go okay and it is what it is yeah so so it's either of those i'll so that's coming that question will come down the pipeline that's great um would you do it again would you go back to greece if you had if you could snap your fingers and go back to the point where you're clicking and buying the ticket would you do that or would you do something else
1: oh yeah no i would do that so So, it's a good trip yeah i will tell you one of the things that i learned that i didn't i didn't know this um I don't know that we take a lot of time to know other places, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why would we? Mm-hmm. And um, we take a lot of pride in the United States, as we should, right? I mean, my kids learned a lot, like, uh, how n- awesome America is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that in Europe, you you just... Two things that aren't prevalent. Water and bathrooms. Mm. Okay? So, you, if you have to go to the bathroom, they're just... They're not there, and when you do, like, it may, you have to probably use a rest, uh, go to a restaurant to get one, and they may or may not have one. And then, if you want to use a public restroom, if you can find one, a lot of times they charge you for it. Hmm. So we were out and about, and we finally found one. with, they call it a water closet there, and it was it was like one euro. So it cost me five euros to go to the flipping bathroom for my Jeez. whole family, right? So. Uh, you don't notice that as much as an adult, but when you're traveling with kids, you notice it more because they have to go to the bathroom more and they're mm-hmm. thirsty more. And so when there's not, there's no drinking fountains, that's just not a thing they do. And then um, when you go to restaurants, they don't give you water. You ask for water and it's bottled water. So you're always paying for it. Mm. It's not like something that's free and abundant. Like you, you go to a restaurant here and you could drink water all you want. And then you're right. like, yeah, I mean, like, If you were from another country, you'd be like, this is awesome. Give me (laughs) as much as you, this is, I love free water and and chips and bread. (laughs) Like all this is free. (laughs) Oh, the abundance in America. (laughs) I I will just have one appetizer and everything else I want is free. (laughs) That is funny. But they don't do that there. So that's, that's some things you learn. Um, but one thing I learned there, I knew kind of about the Mediterranean and then the Mediterranean has a bunch of other seas in it, like I call them, uh, you know, subsections of mm-hmm. suburbs of the, of the, the Mediterranean the <laughs> and, and they have the Aegean sea and it is amazing to swim in. I mean, the, the water was the clearest, like clearer than water in Hawaii. Weird. It's, it's so crystal clear. It's ridiculous. There's not really any waves because it's, it's a sea. So, mm-hmm. there, so, in a lot of parts that we went in, some of them have like tiny little waves. I mean, tiny waves, mm-hmm. but some of them were just like no waves whatsoever. Hmm. You swim in there and it's so warm. And then I was like, oh man, there's probably some sharks in here. And I asked people and they're like, no, we we don't have sharks. And I was like, you don't have sharks? So, this is just, <laughs> this is, so this is your free water. <laughs> yeah, this is just, uh, you guys, oh yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> <It> have this <laughs> it we have free water. water. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, it, you go, oh, this is, this is like a paradise. I mean, you, yeah. it's, it's, super uh, temperate weather it's Mm -hmm. beautiful weather it's beautiful waters i go this is like a paradise how come we didn't develop this country so how come we decided to move to the united states where everything wants to kill you we have freaking (laughs) alligators poisonous snakes we have tornadoes we have hurricanes they don't have tornadoes or hurricanes but hey water in abundance okay but it's true only because we provided it but dude they you know they their natural disasters are like a volcano and that's about it we have every natural disaster known to man in the united states like i go i can't believe this is the country that we decided to make the free world
0: if we could redo it and relocate anywhere that seems like the place the interesting thing is too is that it's almost like there are certain places that are just kind of forgotten you know like it's like nobody's paying attention nobody's going to war with greece Right? right? There's not a lot of new like politics coming out of Greece. I mean, they did have that bankruptcy situation back in like 2009. Yeah, but do you remember that? Yeah. And I'm sure they've processed through that. But it's like it seems like certain places are just like, all their history is behind them, and now they're just sort of there, right? And in a weird way, that's a little bit relaxing, because I feel like in America, politics are like, we live and die by the politics, mm-hmm. right? And we live and die by the affairs, social affairs. And like, even right now, you and I, at work, it's like, I think every single day about politics. I think about what it's doing to the economy. I think what the economy is doing to my career. What's it doing to my paychecks? And I'm like trying to forecast and plan over the next couple of years. And like, I'm really trying to, and I go, I'm sure there's places where they've just, their way of life is just so antiquated and their politics are just so they are what they are, that it's just, it is what it is. And then you just live life. And it, it could be, but I, I you know, I was telling you about, I was sitting at the bar
1: with that, um, that bartender and he was, this is a really stupid moment on my part uh but a little I'm going to defend myself with a little bit of like a language barrier probably or, or accent and you know I mean cuz he speaks English but he he said you know what do you think about the energy problem and and that we have here in Europe and I was like what do you mean by that and he's like you know we have a we have a problem with our people and our energy mm. and I was like and I don't know why I thought this but I was like your, your people don't have a lot of energy like they're just like lethargic and and slow and I don't know why my mind went
0: there but that's all I get. and it's the way he said it that made so me So you just couldn't think about energy in terms of like the power grid. Right. You I were couldn't. like you're just you were hitch your wagon to like I really do Yeah, that is a problem. I have people like that at work and it yeah, sucks. I, and- I
1: totally did. And then I don't know why. Again, I think the way he explained it, and he's like, "Yeah, we just have a like the people in Europe. We have no energy." It, it was the way he, you know, because he yeah. said like the people of Europe. So I was like, "No, I, I didn't know that." And he's like, "You have to know that. They've been talking about it, right? Like, you don't. How do you not know that?" And then after a while, I got what he said. And I'm like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> you mean like like fuel, power, and, and, uh, and, electricity?" Yeah. And, oh, I did not. Oh, now I feel like an idiot. Okay. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but he—I I mean, it's—it's huh. it's you know they shut some, they they cut off some fuel, um, or or uh, barrels of oil being sold to them. I know that mm-hmm. that's happening to Europe, and it's happening it's happening to us now
0: too. But they're uh, they're talking about how big of a problem it is. Well, of. and let me restate it. I don't think that they don't have problems. I think that in a weird way, it's like they, and I don't know how to say this. I'm really bad at saying certain things and not sounding really wildly insulting. I think that they've just accepted a certain countries have accepted a certain level of living that it's like, it doesn't matter to them. Right? Like, so I think about some of the poorer people in America and I go, I don't know that politics affects them in the same way as it affects a lot of like middle and upper class people. Right? Like they can kind of weather the storm. Like if you live in West Virginia and you, live, and you live out in a trailer and you're kind of self-sufficient. You do a lot of hunting. You do a lot of fishing. And your job is not super dependent, maybe even seasonal. You don't notice a lot of the politics, right? And I think sometimes sure. in countries like Greece, I go, yeah, but it isn't like they're... I mean, they're a first world country, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it isn't like America where everybody it has a certain level of living and luxury that everybody feels it when politics change.
1: Well, that... That could be true. I don't know without, I mean, I'm just a visitor and, and so it's a little bit hard, harder for me to tell. Um, I, I do know from all the places I visited that American politics do matter to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. They pay attention to it. I remember being in a remote coffee shop town in Africa, in, uh, in Rwanda, Africa. And I'm sitting there and some random guy is talking to me and he's like, So who are you going to vote for? Hillary or Trump? And I was like, what? Whoa. Why are you asking me this that in way Rwanda? And, you know, I mean, their culture was like, not, no, women should never be president, you know? So that was his his big thing. But um, I was thinking, I can't believe you guys care about this. And they're like, yeah, what happens there influences everywhere. And, and it makes sense because in a place like a lot of countries in Africa, they... You know they, they live off of I don't know if they live off but they they benefit from a lot of people donating and 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 bringing stuff to them and if things aren't going well for us they're not gonna they're not gonna be as charitable right yeah and I know when we were in Ireland we were driving by some houses and they said oh yeah these are left over from the housing crisis of 08. and I go y- you mean our housing crisis of 08? Yeah. and they're like oh wow. well, yeah that affected us too You go,
0: how that's wow. crazy see right? I heard something recently and. In- I feel like I listened. One of the reasons I stepped back from politics in the last year is a, I don't like where politics are at. So it's just not fun to watch. And B I feel like it it gets redundant. You know, the arguments get redundant. The soundbites get redundant. You just get tired of talking and thinking about the same stuff all the time. And I decided to tune out. So I did. And I've tuned back in recently where I'm starting to like, try to put my thumb back on the pulse of like, cause I know the midterm elections are coming up. There's some bigger things happening that might pique my interest. And I watched this little YouTube clip of a guy who went to places in remote parts of Europe. Like, I think there was like an East German interview. And he was like, hey, what do you think about America? And he was like, oh, we look up to America. Well, we used to look up to America. Yeah, that's and and basically the narrative right now is like we really admire America because you guys have a lot of stuff that people want in the world, freedoms and liberties and you know luxuries and you you can live out your American dream, and it's like they really admire America from like 1980 and 1990, and they really are disappointed. So that makes you feel a little differently because it's like when you live in America. You basically just hear a constant America bashing narrative from Americans. Right. I mean, not from our side of the spectrum, but like the mainstream media is very anti America. Right. And so you kinda get like, maybe we shouldn't be so proud of ourselves all the time.
1: Dude, and when they and when they talk about how racist of a country are most other countries are way more racist than us.
0: Way more. Way more. And There's I'm like still I, slavery going on in countries right now. Well, it's just the way that they talk about I mean,
1: a lot of European countries are very they don't, they do not like the Chinese culture. They're, and, and they make that very known. Um, they are very much about their culture. Uh, they're yeah. very much about, uh, they, they use terms like um, uh, bloodlines and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like they're very much proud of being, when you're like, you're proud of being a German or a Grecian or, a, or Italian. When you're an American, that means you're mixed, right? Mm-hmm. You're automatically mixed. There's no hundred percent American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only way you're hundred percent is but just be, by being born or or, or uh, immigrated here, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a, you're just American,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so there's no purebredness to that. But they're all about that, you know. And they, and the sometimes the way they describe their their stories and telling me how like, um, you know how proud they are of it, I'm like that that is extremely not okay. Yeah. You know, I mean if you were to say that in the United States, we'd be like, whoa, that's that's racist. But in there they're just they're just proud of their culture.
0: Yeah. No, I think that I've I've heard that too. I've listened to some podcasts of some people from other countries and they're basically like, Yeah, I'm a nationalist. Mm -hmm. I believe that I, I doesn't mean I don't think other nations should flourish. That's not what I'm saying. I just believe that I'm proud of my country. I'm gonna do my best to do things that benefit my country. And I enjoy voting for people who are proud of their country. And it just, it, it smacked of racism immediately because I was like, oh God, he's saying all these things that are going to make him look really bad. This guy's going to get shadow banned on social media. He's, oh my God, he's going to get canceled. And I'm going, what did he really say wrong? He just said that he's, he's just proud of his nation. He mm-hmm. wants to the best for his nation. And it's just interesting how that has been smeared so heavily in the last you know, decade really that like to be proud of your country is basically to admit that you're a racist. I remember when I was in, um, I went to school in Texas and I remember
1: Texas people are very proud of their state mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, it's the best. And I go, "Well, where have you been? And they're like, well, nowhere. I've just been to Texas. And I go, well, you, then you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, because you don't know that it's the best cause you haven't been to the, right. the state that I've, you know, I grew up in and you haven't been to California and California is awesome. And they're like, no, Texas is better. And, and that may or may not be true, right? But I feel like that is the menta- thats the mentality of the majority of the United States citizens. They're mm-hmm. like, "The United States sucks," and you're like, "Well, where else have you been?" And They're like, mm-hmm. "Whoa, I haven't really been anywhere else." Okay, right. well then go other places. Yeah.
0: And it's and like let the me know. the the lady who um, interviewed Jordan Peterson, and she was like, um, "Well, how do you feel being a one percenter? How do you atone for that?" Blah blah blah. There's people starving. He's like, "Well, how do you atone for being a one percenter?" She's like. I only make 30 grand a year. And he's like, right. So in the world scale, you're still a one percenter. How do you feel being a one percenter? And she was like, her brain couldn't process it. And it's (laughs) like, it's like, be thankful for what you have instead of just constantly trying to put yourself in the victim role. Right. And I thought, yeah, that's true of Americans in general. It's like, it's like, don't, you you should be thankful for what you have and the opportunity you have. And you should be promoting this country because this country does a lot of good for other countries. And listen, you could get into the argument of whether we should be involved in foreign wars and we should be policing the, you know, the world, et cetera, et cetera. And I could get on either side of that debate. But I think to deny what America has done in history to, for the rest of the world is just ignorance. And when you hear these younger kids talking about this stuff, it's like, They think they're so worldly and so educated and so nuanced. And all I hear is an ignorant, basically 20-something-year-old talking. It's like, okay, so have you been to other countries? Have you seen how much they envy us and our lifestyle and how many people want to come here? And what their quality of life is. I mean, even as you said, in Greece, it's not as their quality of life is bad. But there's a lot more third-world-ish areas in their country and a lot more poverty in their country Mm -hmm. than here.
1: Can I, can I share another funny thing about yeah. uh, uh, so when we went to Ireland, they really don't like the British, you know, for good reason. Sure. Because um, the the British kind of like all they did is pillage and yeah. rape everybody and like basically try to take over. And Ireland was like, no, we don't like you. And they went, they've always been at war. So they don't really like the British. Right. Mm-hmm. That was very evident when I was there. And there were a few British people um, that we ran into and we were on one of our ferries, which is basically like a cruise line to one of the the islands and there were some British people and you know, th- there were a few times when people, I, I, our accents pretty, you know, we, we know we're from America. We know we're not British, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. very obvious to us, but in other countries it's not as obvious, mm-hmm. I guess. And so they would ask you like, where are you from? Are you from, you know, um, mm-hmm. England or are you from Australia or like, I get, I get a lot of places. Or Canada. Canada's a big one. I'm like, no, man, I'm from the freaking United States. Mm-hmm. How can you not tell that? Right. But when they find that out, they're like, oh, that's awesome. And then they, like, they like they get excited about that. If you're from... The British people that I ran into there, they're very pretentious, huh. and they're very entitled. Doesn't matter where they go. Um, so you're I'm, saying... I'm making a very general statement. Ireland it,
0: deserves to hate them.
1: Yeah. But, but even when I was in Greece, I ran into a lot of British people. I'm like, dude, you guys are... You guys are entitled. You guys are an entitled nation for no good reason. No good. No reason. good reason.
0: Yeah. Although you know, I'm so glad we broke away from you. I've often <laughs> wondered what British people's view of America is. Is it right, like what's taught in their history? Books? Right. Are they like, hey, you're our little brother. We let you guys go. Right. Or, or are they like, hey. You guys kicked our butt in the Revolutionary War. I don't understand that country. Okay, you're a
1: you're a country on this tiny little island, and you're gonna try to take over the world, which they tried to do, right? Uh-huh. They they try to colonize a bunch of places, and they said, yeah, but the hub's still gonna be on this tiny little island with crappy weather. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we're you know we're still going to um, try to take over places in Africa. We're actually gonna colonize them. We're gonna try to take over places in you know other parts of Asia and Europe, and and you go, but why did you not? move your headquarters
0: why did your headquarters stay right, to a more on- like sustainable land mass yes, where you couldn't get attacked from all sides
1: exactly and- that is is bigger and then instead you're like oh and then also yeah you you guys are gonna break away from us go ahead and have this piece of land in 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 the united you know in in, in the americas and then it's like wait no we have a coast to coast we're covered and you have just like a tiny little again well, from any angle you could be attacked and and it, taken it's over it's funny
0: because you hear these buzzwords throughout like your childhood and your youth about history like the louisiana purchase mm-hmm. and you're like i know what that is kind of but then when you really hear what it is you're like oh okay that makes a lot of sense and like you feel kind of dumb for not like putting it together but the Louisiana Purchase was like this entire middle section of America that I think from the French from the French yeah the Fran- that France owned, but do you know the reason they sold it to us? um I don't remember okay, the reason they sold it to us is because basically they watched us kick England's butt in the Revolutionary War, then we recruited their help at the very end. We're like, hey, if you guys want to come help us with some of the like the sea stuff, the ocean stuff because we don't have a navy. So France held back and they're like, we want to see that you're winning before we get involved. And then once you're winning, we'll come over and we'll like, okay, great. They're winning. Go send the ships. Let's be an ally of America and recognize them. Well, then they watch us do that. And then they realized we're backed up to this large section of middle America that they owned. And so Andrew Jackson, who was the fifth president, was like, hey... Basically, you should sell me this. And then whoever was in charge of uh, France was like, I'll sell you the whole, ha- Not instead of sending you this, selling you this little piece, I'm going to sell you the whole thing. And the reason he did is because he goes, how could I defend myself against them? In right? the middle. Like, in the middle. You would just own the middle. Because yeah. there's nobody, it's not like there's a heavy French population. So yeah. he's like, you'd either, you just take it from me anyway, eventually. Mm-hmm. So I might as well sell it to you. Because sometimes people go, why did they sell it so cheap to us? They sold it dirt cheap to us and i was i i did always wonder i was like man why did they do that like it was a big piece of land and like how beneficial would it be for the french to own that section now but he's right he's like you guys would kick our butts and just take it anyways you know
1: what's so funny about back in the day and i and i'm going to just use that very loosely okay just back in the day but um, have you ever seen the movie 300 mm-hmm. okay have you seen the movie troy is it mm-hmm. troy yeah. Okay. So those are both uh Grecian movies, right? Mm-hmm. They take place in ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. And there's some other like Gladiator, that is, you know, that's that's an Italian movie. There's a lot of movies, but uh based in, in Italy. But in, in any of those European countries, like at any point in time, people were just trying to attack you. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why, but you were always on the defense. It's wild. Right. And so a lot of places that you go to Specifically, when we were in Greece, it was like they built these towns. Like Santorini is on this giant mountain of a place; it's you, you it's insane to get to. And mm-hmm. and you're like, they built them in the rocks. Like, why are you there? And they're like, mm-hmm. to protect from the enemies. You're like, mm-hmm. what enemies? Right. Like, and, and and same thing. Like, there was a there's a town in is it Italy or France I don't know. It's called um, Genoa, and and they built all these. These little alleyways—it's very confusing. They're like to confuse the enemies when they would come in. You're like, what enemies? Why was mm-hmm. everybody being attacked at any point in time? They're being pillaged, and when you watch uh, 300 or or Troy, you're like, oh, they were just always a, they, yeah. they they just wanted to take over. Kings wanted to take over more and more places. Yeah, and, and like, that's why.
0: And that's something that another thing that I, I think we've all lost, which is like, if you could be gifted a large plot of land and build your house in the middle of a field you'd be like cool i'll do it but back then they'd be like oh no i can't be in the." that's vulnerability yeah right <laughs> you that, were like up high in- yeah it's like i think that's why in the movie 300 they were able to like slay as many with 300 people as they did because they forced everybody into the what they call the hot gates mm-hmm. Remember, it's like this little like where we they- st-
1: just fyi we stopped at the place where that battle was fought
0: oh really yeah Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But the idea was it was like they used the topography in their advantage where they were like, it doesn't matter how many of them they are because they can only fit through here a couple at a time and we're just going to murder them as we go. And I was thinking, nobody thinks that way anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Or like there's um bases in, there. there's, uh, what was it, Fort Ticonderoga and it was like built on this hillside. But yeah, that is interesting. We need to do more of that actually if i ever build a house i'm gonna think it through like if i'm getting how is this gonna be a fortress yeah. I, I don't know everything here is flat i'm like, gonna protect against something <laughs> that's mean, actually one of the reasons i don't like the willamette valley because that's like what
1: was, i'm saying we're in a valley uh-huh. which is very flat like organ is it, everybody's like oh your mountains and your hills you're like cool but we live in the valley we do and it's 100 percent flat like and when I, you're training for any sort of
0: running which you know is it's like i have no hills i'm yeah, just oh, running I, in flat dude. My Flat my platform. ultra marathon, I was like, well, this is going to suck because I've trained on zero hills mm-hmm. at all, and I didn't, and it sucked. But it is hard to find hills. I also find it funny because I've always liked like the idea of living in like a mountain or like on a hillside, or I just think it looks cool. But now that I have a kid, I go, oh, that would be awful. Well, the whole time, okay, so we go to, and a lot
1: of towns are like this, but in Santorini, it's, it's it. I can't even really describe it. I know you've seen pictures because that's like a, a popular place, right? But The most unnerving part of the trip was these giant shuttle buses driving up these switchbacks up this giant mountain that I was like, holy cow. I am like... I'm on the left side or the right side of the bus, which is the cliff side, and my wife's on the left side. I'm like, thank God she's over there because she'd be having a panic attack. We're about to fall off at any point in time. um, It feels like. And Mm -hmm. I I can't believe they're taking these full size giant tour buses up this thing. And you take these switchbacks going back and forth that basically are one lane. um, And we go up there and we finally get to the top. And I go, how did they do this back in the day? Back right. in the day, what did they do? Like climb ropes to get up here? Right. And not only that, you had to get up there, but then you, you built it with what? Like a chisel and a hammer? Like, how did you build this? I did. Yeah. Like the the ancient things that are in Greece and Italy and some of those other places where they have like the Parthenon and the Colosseum and all that. And you're like, how did you do this? And they're like, oh, they used levees and they used like a, uh, you know, crane, like they had like a lever system. And you're like, cool. It would still take a lot of time, though. Yeah. Like, it, I understand the logic of how that would work, but how? Like, how did it, did you get it done? It's it, did it, you I, go? Oh, let's build this, and by the time my grandson is, you know, eighty five, he'll see it to fruition. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh, I, I think that all the time because, I mean, that's one of the big uh, sort of question marks around like the pyramids in Egypt. Is like, mm-hmm. how did they ever build that? Right, like exactly. physically, how they do it. Yes. And then you realize, like some of the things, like the aqueducts, and you know things like um, just geometry in general, like math, that they say that the Greek people basically figured out a lot of. So, like for example, I think it's the Parthenon that they say it looks to your eye from a distance perfect, perfectly squared yes, or whatever. You're correct. But they said that the trick that they figured out is in order to make anything square or any right angles look perfect to the naked eye, you actually have to be slightly off perfect, and then it'll trick you. They talked about that, yeah. And I was like, "Oh wow, that's cool that they figured that out." And so now they have these perfect-looking buildings, even though they're actually not perfect. Uh huh. Yeah, we went to the the Parthenon was really cool.
1: We went there and and toured the whole thing, and um, i we went out to dinner one night and we decided my wife wanted to go to someplace fancy and booked it on the rooftop so you could see the Parthenon. It was really cool. And so she booked this place and you, you know what it was called? Hmm. Nicest restaurant we went to in Greece. Hmm. And guess what it was called? I don't have any idea. <laughs> the Olive Garden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, dude. Yeah. It, she goes, you tried to I, double check. You're like, is this the Olive Garden? She, yeah, Are you she, for real? She
1: booked a reservation. She goes, babe, we're going to a really nice place. It's called the Olive Garden. I go, I know what the Olive Garden is, babe. <laughs> it's not, and it's not that nice. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Do they have soup, salad, and
0: breadsticks? I, it's like a parody of itself. It's like the best of Greek came to America and turned into a crappy chain restaurant, yeah. and then magically it was it, like. Just,
1: just for clarification, it one hundred percent was not the, not the Olive the, Garden of cause, 'cause you know we
0: didn't get free bread and water. It was way worse.
1: <laughs> right? There was no yeah, and there was no breadsticks and and funny super salad, but yeah.
0: So there for about nine days, did you feel like it was a trip where you, it was more mostly family oriented or did you feel like you got a lot of time to just be with your wife and like, go? Oh no, that stuff?
1: didn't happen. So the, the other thing is the, the hotels in the United States are amazing. Okay. Hotels in Europe are like, eh, whatever. know, mm-hmm. I'm in there. The, I, I, Europe has a different mentality. You're, you don't stay at your home very much, right? Like their, their apartments are small. The, the places that you live are small you're really supposed to just be out and about. The elevators are ridiculously tiny, two people max. Wow. And, and so when you're a family of five and you have two people max in there, you, you kind of got to plan that out. So you don't just leave a kid sitting in a foreign right. country in the lobby of a hotel. Right. You know, so there'd be a lot of times where my oldest would go up with my daughter and then my uh, Rachel with Gianni and then I would take the stairs, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and and then the hotel rooms they do, uh, you know, we had to stay in two hotel rooms most of the time, and because they would do a, a triple and a and a double. But what they do, even in the the double bed, is just two beds put pushed together to make a king <laughs> bed. It was never like a a full king in Funny. any hotel room I was ever in. And then the amenities are not the same at all. And then you you have like the television is just, you get maybe one channel that speaks English, Weird. maybe.
0: Like that that's probably gonna make you feel so foreign, like if you've ever even been to another like another state, and you're like watching their TV, and you're like, I don't know any of these channels. But it's not like that. You'll you'll watch them, but America does the best television.
1: We that- just we just do. We make the best movies. We See, make this the best is television. the thing that
0: bothers me. I and I, I want to travel more. I have not traveled much at all, really, to be honest. And I, I want to travel more. But every time everyone talks to me about traveling, they're like, oh, dude. Like my wife, she's been to Europe multiple times been all over and she's like, "Ah, I don't know. It's cool. And it's good. Like you, you can get a lot out of it, but she's like, it's just not as developed as America. She goes, so, so it's like, it's in a weird way. You feel like, Oh, you just, you find yourself missing America when you're there. And she goes, it's not a bad thing though. No. And she wasn't complaining. She was just basically saying like, yeah, it is as cool as everyone says, but it's like, not what you expect. One of the things she said that um, I thought was funny was she goes, I noticed that in Europe, all the houses are way older. Like they're mm-hmm. just there's no new houses, and I don't know what why that would be. But I was like, that's strange. Why are there no new houses in in Europe? Like no, every, all the houses are just old.
1: Well, and and the other thing is, it's like it's um it's different too. So, Greece has 11 million people that live there. Okay, mm-hmm. um, four and a half of them, four and a half million live in Athens. Oh wow! So you go, wow, that's the majority of, the, like, almost half, I know it's not quite half, but yeah, almost sure. half of it live in one freaking city. Yeah. So, um, that in and of itself changes the dynamic of the whole country, right? Was it
0: tourist-friendly?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it's weird because English is definitely, I don't know if it's nationally known as the second language, but um, other foreigners would come, mm-hmm. and they... If they didn't obviously speak their language, so they would use English as the transitional language. Oh. So you have people from Palestine or you know mm-hmm. uh, the Middle East, and they're they're using English to to talk to the other Grecian people that obviously they speak Greek and they maybe speak Israeli, and they're they're speaking English as yeah. the as the transitional language. Um, every stop sign is says stop on it, so mm-hmm. either stop is. Stop in Greek, or they just use American stop.
0: It's kind of weird. Did you did you feel like you did more touristy things, or did you find off the beaten path stuff?
1: I feel like we did a mixture of both, but I feel like anywhere you go, you got to do touristy things. I said this to my kids on the way back. I said, hey, if we were going to ever visit Oregon, if we had never been here, what would you guys do? What would you guys do? Because I feel like sometimes we're not touristy enough in our own hometown, right? We don't experience that. You go, I remember I grew up in San Francisco. You know how many times I've been to Alcatraz? One. Zero. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Well, that's, uh, why, that's... Why would you go to Alcatraz? I live here. Like, yeah. I don't need to go there. And then um, the the trolleys that everybody talks about the trolley. You know how many times I've ridden the trolley? Maybe once. Like, why
0: would I ever ride the trolley? Well, that, It's not efficient. That's like the first time I went to Crater Lake was when my wife moved here from New Jersey. And my wife... And I give her a lot of credit, actually, because she came to Oregon and she was like... You know, the first year, for sure, she was, like, wow. She was, like, the scenery here is just breathtaking. And, oh, my gosh, the mountains. And, like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And she, every time I would take any time off or any vacation, it was, like, babe, let's go to the ocean. Babe, let's yeah. go to Crater Lake. Babe, let's go to this mountain. Babe, let's go to it. And I was, like, oh, my gosh, I don't. Uh, it's Oregon. Like, woohoo hoo we but, went- but you would go there, and I'm, like. Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool, and it was nice to see it through her eyes. We went
1: wine tasting at um, in Hood River, so much I've never done. We did this cycle tour; we'd like rode bikes and stuff. We drive by the uh, Multnomah Falls again, and we're like, "Hey, there it is!" And we're like, "Oh, cool, yay!" And I go, "Guys, do you know how many people?" Come here to just visit that. You know how many people, like, I go wine tasting, and I go, oh, where are you from? They're like, we're from Texas. We paid a lot of... They don't say it exactly this way, but I'm interpreting. We paid a lot of money to fly out here and go wine tasting. You go, wow, that's crazy. So if you were to be here as a tourist, I go, man, we would probably... What would we do? We'd take the Portland Spirit and get a tour on the Willamette. Right. uh, There's some things you do. So, yeah, you got to be a tourist when you go to another place. You do.
0: And I think it's also, um, you know, one of the least utilized character traits of humankind in general is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I think learning to be grateful where you live and grateful for what you have is like, it, it's, it's a difficult thing every day. You know I mean? I've lived in my quote unquote new house now for, I, I guess I'm going on a year here. Right. And I'm, when I moved in there, I was like, oh my gosh, so nice. I love this house. It doesn't need anything, but how quickly you just out outgrow that gratefulness. Right. And you oh, just, yeah. you're just kind of like, Yeah, cool. You're already eyeballing the next house, possibly, or more things you need at your house just to really be happy. And then sometimes I just have these days where I go, gosh, everything went wrong today. You hear about all the worst things in the world. It's just one of those bad days where you're like, gosh, this sucks. And you come home and you're like, this is where I get to live. Not just my house, but my community. You
1: have to constantly... I I mean, this is... I feel like I do a pretty good job of this, tooting my own horn. But I mean, I, I remember just so many times on the trip being like, thank you Lord for this opportunity. Like this is, I'm having so much fun with my kids. Um, but then also just being blessed of where we live right now. I mean, you know, um, I'm like, we live in a, anybody right now in the United States lives in a decent size house in comparison to places in in Europe. And then, um, the car, the biggest car I probably saw was a Range Rover sport. I mean, it's most of the, I, when I rented a car, it was a uh, Fiat Panda. Do you know what a Fiat Panda is? No. Yeah, because they don't make them in the United States. They're they're smaller <laughs> like than the Fiat Five Hundred. <laughs> okay. Funny it, dude. It, it's small, um, and most of the cars there are tiny. And you start to get an appreciation for them. You know, we do you like smart cars? Smart cars. The yes. Yeah, oh, the little. Yeah. No. No. Do you like the little Fiat five hundred convertibles? No. 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 None, none of us like them. No. There, you're like that's kind of a cool car because you you appreciate that it's like the roads are so small you need those cars. And no, so that's true. And you start and I to think appreciate that, that. that when
0: you watch things about other countries, you realize how minimalistic they live in certain ways, mm-hmm. and that there's something nice about that. And I think that sometimes it's like you see this direct correlation between having more. And having more desire for more, right? So it's like, the more you have, the more you want. And I think there are some people who have learned to, I guess, capitalize on this. Like, well, I don't have a lot, but I'm super thankful for it. And I always envy those people's approach to life. Because I go, dude, I have so much. I have so much. So and you Play yourself in check all the time. All I have to, dude. Because I constantly find myself wanting to climb the next rung of the ladder. Wanting to make more money and wanting to have more stuff. And I go, dude, just be so grateful. If my that- life stop progressing today. I should really be grateful. You should.
1: And that's why Jordan Peterson, you know, I know we quote him a lot, but he's like, never compare yourself because there's always somebody better. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you can go, oh man, how are they so successful? That sucks. Right. You go, well, I mean, I guess if you're going to compare yourself, compare yourself to the lesser, right? The people that don't even aren't even coming close to where you're at. Correct.
0: And the thing is, is that here's the question. We all live in our own heads, but who's more correct? The person who has everything but constantly is upset that they don't have more. Or the people who don't have a lot but seem very thankful for that. And you look at the person who doesn't have a lot and you're like, you poor sucker, you don't even know what you're missing out on. But it's like, in his head, he's happy. He's fine, who cares? So it's like, it it would be nice if you could strike that balance where it's like, you want to strive for more. You want to be an aggressive, like go-getter type person, but you also want to practice gratitude every day. And I think that that is something that, in America, we've lost our way with, and I think one of the reasons that we talk about European countries, you know, talking about America in such a positive light, when you don't hear that here in America, is because we've lost that gratitude. We've we've become so ungrateful for all the amazing things that we've built and the quality and standard of living that we have, and it's sad, because I'm in that mode sometimes.
1: Here's the, I know I'm going to rewind back a little bit, but going back to traveling to Europe, the reason why it is so cool, it's it's so cool to go to those places, like, you go to Italy, and they talk about Jesus, and they're like, this is where Jesus was. Uh-huh. And you go, oh, that, like, and, and I remember talking to my tour guide, I go, oh, okay, so are you, like, a, a Christian? She goes, no, I'm not a Christian. Oh, okay. But they just talk factually about what happened, because it, it is history to them. Right. Like, to us, it's a little fictional. Right. Um, to them, it's like, no, this is history. Whether you, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not a Christian, but, you know, just Jesus was here, I mean... That's factual, you know. Mm-hmm. And they go, Paul was here, Peter was here, and so they talk about that, and you go, Oh, holy crap! To them, it's history. And then they have things that are there, like buildings, towns, um, ancient towns that they can put BC. They're they're three hundred BC, eight hundred BC, ten, like you know, two thousand BC. And you go, Okay, we don't have anything BC mm-hmm. here in the yeah, United States. Nothing. There's zero things that are BC.
0: Like, I laugh because sometimes you were like, oh, it's this really old town in Oregon. And I go, oh, cool. Like, when was it established? Like 1901. I go, right. Like, yesterday.
1: Yeah. yeah. We have every, like, the only thing that's BC here is like maybe a
0: tree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, dude, I went, when I went to the East Coast, I was like, oh my gosh, this was built in like 1790. Oh my, it's so old. But then it's like, historically, yes. like, it's not that
1: old. Right. That is, to us, and that that's is old. old. Yeah. Super and there. Old. I'm going, how did they? How do they build this? How do they mm-hmm. know the technology? Like I'm, my mind just and you you get this appreciation. You go, dude, these people were awesome. Like, how did they figure this out back then? I
0: mean, I'm thinking of things we build now, and I'm pretty amazed. But back then, and it's BC. Yeah, dude, it, that's crazy. I want to know how the lady looked at it as history, but still wasn't a Christian because it, it was like establishing my brain enough that I go, no, this really happened. I'd be like, well, that's all you need to be a Christian. Oh right? no,
1: it's that was weird for me too, man. That I was, was like- that, that was weird. no, they just. Italy is funny. They're like, no, Jesus walked down this corridor right here, and this is where you know he came to. I mean, there there was just so many factual things, and but there, a lot of people look at Jesus is history for a lot of those people, but they're not like he wasn't the king and the Messiah. You know, I mean, he was just a he was just a good prophet for some
0: people, and that's how (laughs) they look at it. You know, for future podcasts, and I know that we've taken a very extended summer break where we've done like three over the course of like four months
1: you know i just think that maybe our new uh our that, new trend you know I, we're getting we're getting more exclusive we just that, either our podcasts true. are way more exclusive you so know you what if you want them. more
0: summer content you you're gonna have to go to our patreon account which is <laughs> I don't not existing that yet. is but uh is that where you know a little bit more about pop culture than me yeah maybe actually no but i do know that like have you ever watched good mythical morning yeah okay, yes okay i i oh. Can I tell you about these guys? I don't know.
1: Okay. Okay. Rhett and Link, I've known them since like 10 years ago. So when they were like new, new. New, new. When they did like the Taco Bell drive-thru song, I was like, oh, these guys are awesome. And I started showing them to my kids. And now they're just... Borderline frustrating. You know, they're like a YouTube channel, and I looked up their net worth, and I'm like, dude, you guys are freaking worth a
0: lot of money. Dude, they are, and they've got a lot... Like, they do... They, they're very smart at what they do, because they do a bunch mm-hmm. of kitschy one-off stuff, and they they're sell Christian it. are Christian guys. Did you not? I did not know that, but yeah. that's amazing, because I actually was starting to listen to their um their show and go, you guys seem like you're getting very woke, in a weird way. Oh, They interesting. say things, that I go, it's very woke. I go, I don't want to know more, because I like be. link the way they are. Well, I mean... they. They have Christian foundations. I believe that because they have yeah. those Southern accents, which usually means you have some base in Christianity. Um, but th- but they're somebody who they they have like exclusive like levels to their membership, right? Like you can go onto our website and or whatever our yeah our website, and you can basically if you're just like you don't want to join and pay anything, great, you get a base level of stuff. But if you want more stuff, and then it gets more exclusive as you go. Mm-hmm. You get like exclusive content if you're willing to be in their club. That's like Ben Shapiro, too. The Mug Club. Or no, that's Steven Crowder. Steven Crowder's club. Mug Club. So I go, that's cool. But Patreon is, it's like if people can't make money off of the free stuff, then they go to a Patreon account and they go, hey, you get the exclusive stuff if you pay a little bit of money. When, when are we monetizing anything ever? <sighs> that's a great question. And I feel like you know my answer, which is going to be you got you to gotta have enough people listening to you to monetize <laughs> it. Yeah, we actually have a decent amount. So probably, yeah. I feel yeah. like we've been doing this. I don't even know how long we have this. It time. feels like a long time, huh? It feels, like, it feels like multiple, multiple years, but it's probably been two.
1: Can, can I throw? I know maybe we're running a little long, but we ne, we never cared. We don't have any rules, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. the other thing that I it, it I know everything's culturally like segmented. So you don't. I'm gonna say Europeans are kind of rude. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just their culture. Sure. Uh, but they're freaking rude. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you get to the United States and you go, you know, sometimes we we bash on our culture, but we're a very polite culture. Mm-hmm. And I know even from East Coast to West Coast, you you face that, right? Mm-hmm. I remember coming here and, you know, people talk to you in the grocery line, like, why are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. Shut up. You know, but that, yeah, we're just like, we're kind of friendly on the West Coast. I would say we're probably one of the best on the West Coast. Mm hmm. Southern is fake friendly. They're friendly but I yeah. that's a bunch of
0: Have you ever seen that map that's like regions of America that sound nice versus are nice? And it was like in the South, sound nice, but aren't nice. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, bless his heart type of thing. Yeah, which means F you. Means F you. Yeah. Or they're very judgmental. Or on the East Coast, they're very like, they're very rude. Light, like, mm-hmm. I can't wait. What are you freaking doing? But they'll help you. Right. Yeah. And then it was like in the in the uh, West, it was like, sound nice and are nice. Yeah. So we're both. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I, and that's not just me being biased, because that's where I live yeah.
1: and, and, and I'm from. But we're in Europe and there's just like, A couple different things. And this isn't just Greece. This is like other places I've been to. You get off the, when an elevator comes up, what do you do?
0: an elevator comes yeah if up. an
1: elevator is coming up and you're waiting to get on it what do you do do you wait for the people to get off or do you just get on the elevator oh i wait for other people You wait to get for off. other people to get oh. off right no, no no that's not the way they do it they just get on and you, it's like this battle of fighting through a crowd oh, all of a sudden weird. because you're like no can you just wait for the people to get off and then you get on that's how it works right. right okay and then if you're on a bus or a plane and oh. you're in the back do you wait for everybody else to yeah. get off or do you just dart to the
0: front as if you have privilege over I mean, everybody else? I get annoyed that people stand up on the plane when we land. Like alone, <laughs> like just just wait you your know, turn. You know how this no, goes. no,
1: no. Yeah. I mean, literally I got on a I got on a so it happened many times but the last time I they didn't have enough ba- room in, in the back for all the bags. So I I had all my kids, so I had extra bags. So they're like, we'll put them in the front of the bus. And I said, okay. And they said, you can get off first to remove your bags so that everybody else can get off. I said, great. So I sat at the front, and I said, I'll get my bags off first. I even told the people on the bus that's what I was going to do. I was like, "Ah, I didn't have enough room, so I put my bags up here. Don't worry, guys. I'll get off first, and I'll I'll move them out of the way. Mm-hmm. Nope. Lady in the back darted up, jumped over my bags. And then got off, and I was like, "What is wrong with you? Where? What are you racing to?" And how, <laughs> right. that's so rude. And uh, then Gianni is like, "Dad, I keep getting pushed. Everybody pushes me out of the way here. They just <laughs> they push me." And he and he was getting frustrated by it. And I go, "Sorry, son. You're just a kid,
0: and Europe Your value is much yeah, less. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you. It's just kind of how they are." Well, that's interesting. I I feel like I'm excited. And maybe because- it's not rude for them. I don't know. Maybe it's not maybe it's just cultural. It's like New York. It's like, you know, you just rude people but don't nobody takes it personally, right? Yeah. I I think I'm excited because I think I told you before that there was a period in my life where I feel like I was single and I was I felt like I was making a lot more money because i was single you always and I, are when you're single you're yeah, always no that's what i'm money. saying yeah. like i felt it's not just a feeling it i was felt true. wealthier because i was single except yeah. i had roommates and i was and, like and when you don't
1: have kids also and, and it's I, not just a feeling man it's, i wasn't married
0: i didn't have kids and i was like okay this is great maybe i should travel now but i was thinking nah, i don't have any interest in traveling alone right mm-hmm. i didn't have a girlfriend at the time so i said i'll just pause and then when i meet somebody we'll go on a little journey and we'll do some world touring well then things progressed quickly because by the time i met my wife i was like 32 so it was like, okay, we want to get this life established, have kids. So all the traveling plans have been on pause now for like six years. And I'm coming up on my 10 year marker and I'm like, okay, I know that that's one where the company that I work for, maybe you know, we'll it, maybe you, you don't, yeah. they give you a trip and I go, okay, great. And me being me, I was like, I'm just going to take the money. I don't no, no, no. Money. no, you can't. That's no, not an I option. know. I know. I knew you would say this, but I was like, if the option is there, I'm taking the money. So can I tell
1: you a little story? Sure. Okay. So... My wife has always wanted she loves traveling when she was um in college she was supposed to study abroad in Greece actually this is yeah. why this is like coming to fruition that we went there sure. and um and she got pregnant we had our son Eli and so she didn't get to go on that um study abroad program she loves traveling me I'm like I don't I don't care why would I care why would I want to leave mm-hmm. this ama- amazing United amazing States place yeah okay so don't care uh work gives me a trip to Paris France um 2014 13, seven years ago or so. Yeah. So probably yeah. around there. Yeah. yeah. Um, they give me it and I go, my wife's super stoked and I go, yeah, sure. Fine. I'll go. We go, I have a blast. I go, it's fun to see other cultures.
0: Hence starts our traveling mm-hmm. career. Oh, interesting. By the way, side note, I didn't know that was the beginning of it Yeah, because you did come back and you're like, I'm, I'm going to continue this. Yeah.
1: So that was our first time going to, and, and I remember very distinctly, Landing in France and we went to a restaurant and people didn't speak English and I was like, I I was nervous. I was like, I'm out of my element. Uh I don't know what to do here. It's not like you can just be like uh mm-hmm. donde está al baño? because it's you, France. Marshall, <laughs> your
0: martial your martial charm doesn't work anymore.
1: Yeah. Like I've been to Mexico and stuff, like, but that doesn't count. Yeah. You know, when you go here, it's like they don't and so you just immediate com- uh you're outside your comfort zone and, and it got more relaxing as the time went on, but you go, Oh, this is a good experience, and you go there is way more culture out there than Mm -hmm. I've ever known. Mm -hmm. And so then that's, that kicked off our, uh, our traveling career. And so I, I would hope that would do the same to you. It was kind of forced upon me. And then, you know, some people go, Oh, Marshall must be nice that you travel. And I just, you know, you asked me how much this trip costs. You said, you're going to ask me. Um, And regardless of what the trip costs uh, it, I always tell people it's an allocation of money, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it, whether or not you think you can or can't afford it, like we choose to to travel, mm-hmm. I have two bathrooms that need to be redone at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not remodeled because we choose travel over remodeling. Yeah. So or it's
0: like some people, and and I I get into this too, where it's like they get so focused on paying off all debts that mm-hmm. it freezes them for ten years or twenty years, yeah. right? Or or their whole life, and it's like. Debt may or may not be there. You're always going to have debt of some sort, unless you're really lucky. You're, like, you're going to own on a, a, have a house and a car. And so it's like, I think that's a good way to look at it. And you know, one of the, I know this is going to shock you, but one of the most uh, impactful moments of my financial life, not most, that's over-dramatizing it, but something somebody said to me that meant a lot to me was Kara, who was like, I think I had paid for a whole wedding. My whole goal was to pay for the wedding cash. I was like, I don't want to come out of, I don't want to lo- have a loan. Sure. And I'm not saying our wedding was a lot of money, but it was a lot of money if you're paying cash. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I saw what you did with the alcohol. I feel like you did it right. You budgeted well and you ended up with a lot, but you did a lot of the $5 wines, which was perfect. Yeah. You, you did it, it actually, I like I would, I would say I, you did it
0: right. I give credit to my wife for, for the planning, but I was like, okay, great. And then Kara was like, well, where are you going to go to honeymoon? I go. I don't know, man. I think we're just going to go somewhere local. Like, we've already spent a lot of money on this. Blah blah blah. We ended up going somewhere local, but that's because we were both just so tired. We we're just like, dude, we don't want to go on sure. a big thing. We just want to like chill and relax and not be too far from home. And Kara was like, Nah, you should go somewhere. And I said, I know, Kara, but I just spent like a bunch of money on this wedding. And uh, and she goes, I would agree with her. She goes, put on your credit card just put it. And I go, that's, you're the last person that I would ever I think, would to think that. that too. Yeah, And she goes, put on your credit card because it's not going to matter in a decade, but what's going to matter is the memory. Yep. And that meant a lot to me because Kara is a person who I look at as like, she's like me. She puts fiscal responsibility first. She budgets to the penny. She's yeah. cheap where she needs to be. And she penny pinches. And so for her to say that, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Where did you go? I we just went to Bend. Oh, okay. Bend and stayed for like four days, and we were like, "Let's go home. I'm tired." But it made me think about you and with your trip, and I go, "I know I give you a hard time that you're a one percenter, but I go, I know that you you've probably got the money to pay for it, w- however you want, credit, cash, whatever. I'm sure you could do it either way." But what I appreciate is that you do it with reckless abandon. You're like, it's important to do this. It doesn't really matter. I mean, sure, if you're down to your last dollar, you're not going to spend it on a trip to Greece. But if you've got the option, like you said, two bathrooms need remodeled, you're going to Greece. And right. I think that you're... I mean, I don't,
1: I don't have a boat. We've talked about this. I have friends who have boats. I don't have a boat. Yeah. I don't have a hot tub. I don't sure. have a pool. There's lots of things that like my wife goes, oh, it'd be nice to have that. I go, well, what do you want? To do, travel you want do you that, want a hot yeah. tub or do you want to go traveling? Yes. Because it's it's five to seven grand for a hot tub or it's five to seven grand to go
0: yeah. traveling. What do you? Which one and, do you want? And I think that's a really good way to look at it because it's like, uh, I think I always think there's going to be this point on the horizon where, you know, and this is what took me so long to have a kid this magical point on the horizon where everything aligns and you know, it's the right time. And that point never really comes.
1: And dude, when you're single, like, I mean, not single, but when you don't have kids and it's just like you and Lynn, like when Rachel and I travel, it's not very, our Island trip was a um, amazing deal. We got, Uh, I think it was probably $1,600 all in all for a week long with hotels and travel. I mean, and then I probably spent more on top of that, but I go, okay, so do you want a, a trip to Ireland or do you want a Peloton? Yeah. You know, I mean like, that that's the reality of it and i look at people and people go oh wow marshall and rachel went to ireland wow they must be doing well i go you bought a freaking peloton yeah oh dude
0: that's the thing is i look at our house right now i look at our home gym i look at the peloton i look at these various things that we spend money on and i go there's a trip to greece there's a trip to paris (laughs) like there it is i just i did it in a different way and i justified it differently yeah and i So yeah, it's it's funny
1: because people think what we do is unattainable. It's it's literally just choices, right? It's choices for sure. Yeah, it's all allocation of what you want to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's the principles of economics. Everything is just a trade off. There's no free lunch. Everything is a trade off. You don't get anything for free. You just you just. Choose to allocate it how you want it. I know. It's it's funny the perceptions, though,
1: that happen. Like, when people go, oh, you have this car. Or, oh, you went to this place. And I go, dude, you're driving a freaking brand new RAV4? It costs more than the yeah. car that
0: Rachel's driving. Oh, I dude, mean, that's like it when looks that people the, like... looks oh, more expensive, but it's I not. love it because you can characterize my cars in multiple ways. And the way I like... Well, I won't tell you how I characterize it, but... The you way drive other, a
1: Tesla now, so you don't get a lot like of...
0: You don't get a lot of... Hey man, I get good. Speak. I get good deals. I buy them in equity position. I go, dude, you drive a BMW. I go, it's a blue BMW. Two accidents. <laughs> it's blue. It. Yeah. So,
1: I love that you discount it because if it's blue, it's just immediately worth.
0: Oh, nothing. dude, I just <laughs> already. I. I mean, our Tesla. It's red, and I, I love red. I but, love but, red. Rachel's but, driving a red one. But right you now. know who compliments me the most on the Tesla? I've gotten two very distinct, over the top compliments. Okay. It was two old people who were like, Hey, whose car is that? I go, It's my car. They go, That is a beautiful car. Red is
1: can I tell you on Tesla, do you know this? I don't know if you know this. That what's the free color on Tesla? Isn't it white? White is free. Do you know how much red costs?
0: No. It's two grand. That's that's crazy because, dude, you've been in the business long enough. You know, you book a car out, you hit red, it's probably negative two. It is red is
1: not the color you want in any other car, but in Tesla. It's two thousand dollars. You know how much it is for white interior, huh? Twenty five hundred, huh? If what? you want white interior, it's an additional twenty five hundred. So, yeah, I, I know this is way off topic, weird. but only because I know how to build the Tesla. Out. If you want, if you want a six passenger, or a seven passenger, seven passenger is a thirty five hundred dollar addition. A six passenger is a sixty five hundred dollar addition. Whoa! Yeah.
0: Dang, dude. Right?
1: Yeah, they're like oh seven. Yeah, you can fit more? Fine, thirty five hundred. No, oh you only want six?
0: Sixty five hundred. That's like uh my health insurance. So like you want one more you want one kid? It's gonna cost you an extra grand a month. You want two kids? A thousand and eleven dollars a month.
1: No, my favorite is when I was on health insurance, it was like um it was like wife and kid, um, whatever it was. I don't know. Let's just say six hundred bucks. Wife and kid and family, six fifty. You're like, i I'm sorry, what? So you have one kid or you have 18 kids it's this it's like 50 dollars
0: more yeah my favorite early pitch for having a second kid when i was like convinced i was sticking with the one because everything got more expensive with one kid and then uh our our hr lady was like you know you really had a second kid because health insurance only goes up by like ten dollars a month right and i go what what a stupid what a system. bargain what a dumb system i was pissed And now I'm excited because we're going to have a second. Can I go health insurance only going up like 11 bucks a month? This is amazing. I feel like we've gotten pretty far away from our politics talk. We we have. But hey, let me just, before we like end this whole thing, I think we should talk about two things more, religion and politics. Religion. Okay. Religion. Yes. Because I I would
1: love, okay. I don't know where you're going with this, but let me just say when we were, Greece is probably the most interesting country I've been to in this regard. They were, they're a big, you know, Greek mythology, uh-huh. right? So it's Greek mythology. Uh-huh. They're a big believer in gods. And my kids were so thrown off by how many times they got asked, what's your, uh, what's your sign? What what do they call that? What's the other? Oh, like, uh, like, what's your, what's ast- your horoscope? Yeah. Yeah. What's your astrological sign? And they're like, uh, uh, you, you saw them like, they're trying to process it, like what? I mean, I think I know what you're talking about. They're like, yeah. And they're, they're like, like yeah? yeah, what's, you know, what's your sign? And they're like, Pisces and they're like, "Oh, you're a Pisces. Oh, that explains why." You're... And you know, they're getting all these reasons. And they're like, "What are you like I I mean, we barely talk about it here. It's not
0: like it's a, it's not a faux pas, right. but it's like, well, why are you living off that?" right? You know? Like it's like the only people who are like middle-aged women who are single who are like, <laughs> "Oh, you're a Pisces. That explains so yeah. much." Oh, yeah. okay, so you're so outgoing and that that explains why you're
1: like reserved or hmm. you know, and it was really interesting to hear that and and in Greek history, I mean, you get a lot of that. And um, in my mind, I go, "There's in every uh, what do you conspiracy theory? There's like a line of truth, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and Greek mythology is just one weird conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's a little bit of truth to it. Yeah.
0: Oh, I could go there all day long because there's a, a few things. About Greek mythology that I'm like, yeah, it's easy to cast it as like clearly the way that old mm-hmm. ancient people thought about weird things. But then it's like there's some truth to it. Where you get, that actually kind of
1: makes sense. Well, did you know in the Bible there is a thing called the Nephilim? No. Do you know what the Nephilim is? No. Yeah. They're like these giants. It's oh. mentioned in the Bible that there's giants and Goliath was one of them. And you go, okay, so was Greek mythology just like like uh,
0: exaggerated? exaggerated uh Biblical history stories yeah yeah, yeah. that's interesting well politics because i think we're about to come upon a pol- political season
1: sure let's get back into so it so we need to get back into that we
0: have opinions on that we need to plug back in and yes i know our people aren't in office i right don't now.
1: care about them we can lose listeners this but
0: point. we can afford to lose
1: listeners at this point we've got when enough you move up to 12 to 13 listeners you can afford to lose you
0: them. can get down to 10 yeah. no problem the second thing is religion because I think we had one. I mean, you talk about religion quite a bit um, on your end of things, and I think that everyone is Good. Under, Everyone understands a little bit that you're probably a little bit more religious than seemingly I am. We had our one Dennis just King. more knowledgeable. That's all. That's true. You're a theologian, as we <laughs> theologian we as much as you're an economist. I'm a theologian, <laughs> um, but I think it would be really interesting to talk about that a little bit more because I've got some more nuanced ideas about it now. Good. Well, I'll let hey, hey I'll
1: let you pick the topic next week. Great, thanks. Um, or next time we do the podcast, I'm not going to commit
0: to next week, next season. Also, um, no, nah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah, all right, great. We should have an angle though, politics and religion. We should really get back into the the taboo stuff. We've been playing it safe for too long. Yeah, I love We've it. We've been really just spurting out our opinions about anything. Let's get back to the the dirty stuff. Good. I'm I'm a hundred percent game for that. So, the two opinionated guys are about to become really the two opinionated guys. Oh, guys. we're so
1: opinionated this mm-hmm. this electoral season. We're going to be so opinionated on these topics. Not even funny. Well, this episode ran a little long.
0: How much? Hour and 20 minutes? Is that okay? Is that serious? Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. Twice as long as I usually like to be here.
1: There's no way that's twice as long. We're usually right in an hour. We're like 0.2 over. Feels like forever. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you for listening to the two opinionated guys. I'm Marshall. I'm Aaron.